But of course, the thing with the Steam Deck is it's not cross-platform anymore because it's all on Steam, but it's just now like mm-hmm. – Well, this is actually the interesting thing I think about this this uh, you know walled garden strategy, right, of saying – because the, the goal is to keep people where they are. But it also creates a blocker for people coming in because if you already have the thing somewhere else and, you, and your data is not portable – It like, is a wall. Walls work in both directions. Scotch. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to episode 321 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast, Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I could be anybody. <laughs> Sam. That's it. That's all I that's, got. D- that's it. That's where Sam. we are. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's, is, uh, maybe that's who I am. This is Ooh. a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is July 20th, 2021. <laughs> Uh, before we get started, we have a warning. There's going to be profanity on this show. So if you don't like that, then you don't, you know, don't keep going past this moment because it's probably coming real soon. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, he's, he's going to break our- the seal. Not like the, not the animal, you know, but like, <laughs> but the, <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the, yeah, there's always that guy yeah. just breaking seals out there. Stop. That's not what the, it's the whole thing. It's not what the phrase You can't break them. They're too blubbery. They're very floppy, you know? Oh, you're saying like, it's like you're trying to break a stretch Armstrong, you know? Mm, I see. So who's going to break the seal is sort of like a like a challenging the impossible sort of a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? Who's going to? Nope. Who's going to finally be the one? And once, <laughs> once you figure it out, once you figure it out the impossible, you just made it possible. You know, that's the whole idea of breaking the seal. If you can that's what that people mean when they say break the seal. Yeah, because people just start doing it now from then on. Wow. You, you broke gotta, the seal, Adam. Yep. You really, you really did something I didn't think was possible. Wait, can we have this phrase catch up? <laughs> kind of amazing. <laughs> you can't break seals; they're so bendy. You can bend the seal, and can't that's break. just expected. That's just what they do. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's kind of like that's like, like uh, it's like being whelmed. Is it kind of like know? spaghetti? So you know spaghetti. Right. Yeah, you've heard of spaghetti. So, so, so spaghetti. It's so. It comes, oh, you're saying that the seal has to be dry? <laughs> no, I'm saying there's an interesting phenomenon. This is almost related. Okay. You, if you bend a piece of spaghetti in half, right? You're like you bend it so you can until it breaks. It always breaks into at least three pieces. Hmm. Oh, isn't that? As in, if weird. you hold it from the edges and bend it, yeah, I'd take it on the edges and you pieces. like. Yeah, no, take it on the edges. Like so, you try okay. to like bend it until it breaks. <laughs> it will always, it will always, without fail, break into it. That's true. Pieces. That's true. Now, Isn't okay, that weird. Now seals though. Let's just ride this tangent, okay? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry, go ahead. How many pieces does a seal break into? So seals, it's the same. nobody it's, knows. We though. got the same problem exactly. We don't know how many pieces they break into because nobody's broken the seal yet. Nobody's right? broken the seal. But once, mm. well, what's going to happen? Though? Is it going to be, because we're just talking about like it gets bent, but so does spaghetti. You, you, you start bending it, it just bends it for a while, right? But then all what of a happens? sudden, it explodes into at least three pieces. Well, and again, <laughs> that's that's why, you know, the common phrase break the seal is sort of also used as a reference to venturing into the unknown, you know? We're yeah. like, Where the we're really breaking are. the seal on this one. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It could it's, be it's any the- number of pieces. <laughs> Come this out. could go a lot of different ways, you know, explosively yeah. maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Now, as a final uh, addendum to this <laughs> tangent, I like how we can be on a tangent before we've even had a topic to begin with. Yeah, this isn't a tangent. Uh, this is actually what this episode is about. This is just what the episode is. Once um, we start talking about the things we meant to talk about, that will be the tangent. Another phrase that I feel needs to catch on is you've heard of, of something uh, – Hitting like a wet noodle. Okay. Mm, yes. Yeah, but yeah. nobody ever talks about something hitting like a dry noodle, you know, which it's I not feel that different, like. Really. <laughs> it's basically the same. You mean the if like anything, you, Yeah, if you slap like someone with a dry noodle, it, does it break into three pieces again? Is this like Well, I think it's enough? equally inconsequential, probably. But the know? difference is, though, is that a piece, mm. like, so a wet noodle, because it's actually like people are interpreting this backwards, right? Because a wet noodle is a whip, right? Yeah. So if you're if you're specifically saying wet instead of dry, because the dry noodle can do nearly as much damage as a wet noodle, because the That's wet true. noodle is a whip, so you can accelerate its velocity and actually like cause some significant. Because you're just it's all about bringing the momentum into the into the human flesh, right? That's true. You can get so a much wet but noodle, it is a noodle, but a wet noodle has to be like way more powerful than a dry noodle. So if you're going to be specifying the liquid content of the noodle, it seems like if you wanted to get at the weakest noodle that exists, you talk about yeah, dry, a dry noodle. noodle. Not, not only that, but a dry noodle. You can't even eat it after you get hit by it. So it's even more useless than yeah. that, right? 
So being hit by a dry noodle, I feel like should be should be the standard of being of, hit weekly. You know, by a dry noodle, yeah, yeah. not not like, every week, yeah, week fortnightly, yeah. yeah. Yes. Unless fortnightly. maybe maybe the original person <laughs> just thought that thought of like hitting a stabbing, right? Like to them, they hadn't heard of the concept of hitting with like a hand. They were just like, oh yeah, hitting. That's when you stab somebody, right? Because mm. in that case, what noodles really bad at stabbing? Not good stabbing. Dry noodles, yep. pretty noodles. good stabbing actually. It's pretty true. good. Yeah, there's a good chance it'll break into three pieces at least. Which will shard your enemies. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's actually it's even better because the shrapnel. The first shrapnel tool. Okay. Shrapnel weapon. Yep. Okay. I feel like we've explored the space <laughs> yes. adequately. So let's get into the episode. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, all right. Now, a bunch of stuff happened. Four things happened. So we'll probably get to two of them and then the episode will be over. <laughs> so let's get started. Uh, first, Sam. Sam did so. Did something this morning. Got, got locked out of the house. Okay. And anytime you- Not just not just you, though. Yes. D- Diana also was there. Correct. Everyone got locked. Everyone who lives in the house was got Yogi locked out. Was Yogi also locked out of the house, or was he still in the uh, house? Luckily, no. So Yogi's staying with the with the, the parents. Mm, okay. This okay. week while we're getting stuff set up. So, so he was technically locked out of the house. I mean- He but, technically but has it, been locked on out purpose. for like a week. But I mean, like, he yeah. couldn't- yeah. There's no way that Yogi could have gotten in either. Because he's not <laughs> true. Yet. Inside the house, no house was locked. Honestly, Everyone's even if the out. door is unlocked, he can't get in. That's also true. You know what I mean? He's got no thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, though, okay. So I, I need to. You gotta let me get the story out. Okay. All right. There's a all lot right, of I'm, gonna sit, I'm gonna sit back and let this <laughs> okay, story. This is <laughs> yeah. This is, this is a big challenge that you're putting on all of us. I know. I know. So, um, so this morning, this morning we get up, and my wife and I have been handling all this stuff associated with. Uh, getting a new place, you know, trying to get, trying to both just do that, uh, have chairs to sit on, uh, you know, a bed to sleep in, etc. On top of like getting a few contractors for a new area, so switching out phones, etc. Just a lot of a lot of the stuff of life that usually you do over the course of you know, a longer period of time than just sort of instantly, which is what happens when you move. So uh, last night we specifically sat down. We're like, all right, uh, these days are these days are kind of kind of a lot. So. Uh, we're going to look at Thursday and we're going to say, okay, Thursday is like sort of the recovery day, right? It's going to be like very little going on. Uh, we'll sort of take it easy. It'll be a maybe, great maybe day. Maybe stay outside for a while. Maybe stay outside for a little bit, get some mm-hmm. sun. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll be a great day. You know, Sam, you'll be able to just kind of focus on your work stuff like the whole day. Uh, maybe hang out in the evening. Be super nice. Okay. So make this plan. Great. And actually, we know kind of, we even know what's happening for like lunch and dinner. Like way more planned ahead of time as a unit than we have ever been. Okay. We were like, today's the day that we have the whole day planned. Yes, for exactly. Once. And and mainly it's about <laughs> like just being able to like relax and easily get back into your rhythm. Okay. Oh yeah. So uh, morning kicks off actually great. Go for our, our uh, morning walk in the, the new neighborhood. Meet some neighbors for the first time. Super nice. See a lawn guy. We need a lawn guy. Talk to the lawn guy. Hire the lawn guy. Boom. Saved a phone call and scheduling all this stuff. Amazing. We're back in the house. Uh, it's closing in on like, uh, I think, 8.30, 8.45 or so. And so I'm like, oh, I'm going to do some work. And Diana says, hey, do you want to make some breakfast real quick? Uh, maybe just eat on the patio since you got like 15 minutes before you want to start. It's like, perfect. So make this food up. It's looking real good. Um, take it outside. Sit down. Start eating it. Beautiful day. Sun's shining. Birds tripping. We're like, oh, wow. Today's going so great. Uh, can't wait to... <laughs> Can't wait to get in there and kick some butt at the podcast coming up. Turn around, try to go inside, and uh, wouldn't you know it, the door's locked behind us. And <laughs> I assume that means it's an auto-locking, one of those auto-locking doors? Or? It's, it was, yeah, it's basically just a door knob, right, with like the little right. ledge. Oh, the turny thing, so the turny thing. Yep. Was, oh, those see, are yeah. so perilous. So because we came in after our walk, one of us, I don't even know, we can't, neither of us even remembers doing it. One of us probably just locked it out of habit while we closed it, but mm-hmm. then, you know. Outside, there we are. So, because you can just open that door, like there's no feedback on the fact that it is locked, right? You can just open it, go outside, close it, and now you're stuck. Wait, so, so, so did you open it with the knob that was locked? Yes, this thing, like, and, the, and it doesn't unlock it when you do that. No, like, is that always? It's true? an old. It's a very old lock. So I don't know. Okay. I don't know if. Yeah, it's an older house. So I don't know. Who knows? I have to investigate going. this on my own door to find out how. Yeah. Just how perilous that actually is. Again, though, one of the perils of a move is, you know, that unfamiliarity with the booby traps in your own house. 100%. Yeah. 
So, uh, so this starts escalating uh, further because we're outside and we don't happen to neither of us bring our phones. Okay. So now mm-hmm. both of us are like, hmm, let's see if there's, if there's like a, you know, a window that we can crank into. So we go in, <laughs> uh, start running around the whole house trying to find sort of some method of, to get in. We're not very skilled burglars. So after a short period of time, meet back at the front door. We're like, oh no. We can't get but in for real. Now you have a sense of how a burglar might try to get in. <laughs> Not a very penetrable home, which is nice. Go down the street uh, and see some people. We actually saw some people walking from our yard. Uh, basically run after them, meet some more neighbors. But now under the context of like, can we borrow your phone? Because we locked ourselves out of the house. Uh, end up getting this call done. And this whole time, though, I want to call Adam and Seth, let them know like, hey, um, probably going to be like podcasting in like 15, 20 minutes, but I'm kind of locked out of the house. But I don't actually remember Adam or Seth's phone numbers anymore because we've switched them uh, a couple of times over the years, right? And the most recent one, I think, being maybe three or four years ago or something like that. And so I don't have these things in my memory at all. Can't even do this, right? Um, <laughs> so I'm like, shit. Okay. So I'm about to jank up like everybody's day. So I'm like, okay, cool. So stress factor starts to starts to ramp. Uh, we do get a hold of a locksmith. Uh, waiting on the locksmith for about 15 minutes. And then some guy shows up who we were both very excited because we thought it was him and it seemed like it'd be a good time. But turns out uh, it was like an insurance inspector guy to come like take some pictures of the house and stuff like that. And we're, we're sort of uh, – we're, we're looking at the, the house with him. And this guy is one of those people who just like talks literally constantly uh, and like says some real whack shit. And he's going off on like all sorts of political stuff, going off about like <laughs> minorities, going off about like all sorts of weird shit. And uh, and we're walking around the house with him. And this whole time, I'm just like, wow, this could not get any more horrifying. So <laughs> what happened between uh, the insurance inspector arriving and uh, and us getting calling the locksmith was that Diana turns out the moment that the lock had proven to be impenetrable, so we couldn't get inside the house, had a basically a quake of fear in her guts, okay? Mm-hmm. And she was like, <laughs> and I didn't get her permission to share this, by the way. And she was like, <laughs> Sam, I need, like, I need, I need to take to a shit. To get like, this I fear out. Yeah. yeah, I gotta get it out. It's in solid form inside my body, and it has to be vacated now. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was like, you have to hold it. It's going to be like 15 minutes. You know, she was like, she was like, okay, okay. And then a few minutes later, she's like, I'm going to go for a walk around the property. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so she comes back, uh, sort of like grinning. And she's like. <laughs> back with a pep, a pep in her step. <laughs> she's like, I shoot the woods. And I was like, you fucking did what? <laughs> okay. So now fast forward, back with the inspector guy, by the way, with a camera outside, but walking around the property. <laughs> he starts going off about minorities while he's walking down what Diana believed to be like the hidden path where, where, she, where she took a shit. And, and I'm just like, oh my god. No. And so we try to misdirect him away back toward the house and then uh, when he's like, no, it, I'm here to inspect. Yes. I'm gonna look everywhere. And he's got his little camera fucking take pictures. Show up in the driveway. picture of everything that has happened this morning. Yeah. Shoot up the driveway. I now know way more about this man's political be- beliefs, history, ex-wives, everything that I could possibly want to know. Probably and then more than anyone should know about his beliefs, frankly. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then the locksmith shows up. It's a Hispanic dude. And I'm like, please, please, weird, weirdly racist inspector man who cannot stop talking. Don't please hold your this. tongue. <laughs> yeah. And so now, and of course, oh he's standing there by the door waiting for all this. So basically, this whole thing is just like, vum, 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 like just rolling up uh, this sort of stress engine on this whole thing. So you're now worried you're going to have sort of like a a big, yeah, a big throwdown in or just front of like your house. Just having to have just that situation be happening the whole time. And, uh, and then the, the locksmith guy, we'd think like, oh, yeah, he's just going to crack into it. It should be easy. We've seen guys like, you know, pop these things open. Ends up happening to just like having to just basically drill out the door knob uh, and basically like rip, you know rip it off. And That's this good whole luck. thing, it was good luck. But this whole thing just freaking like cascaded out of a simple problem in the morning of like just walking <laughs> out. And it was just it was just so much. 
a lot. Well, and also much. like if if you guys had been in the house, the insurance person would have come and just taken the pictures and left. He did need to come inside need- though. This is like he actually did need to come inside for whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes they just do out- outside pictures and you don't have to engage. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I gotta wonder what what he thought that was. Like what I, he thought this scenario was that made it totally cool for him to just be I think like it's usually that. that people don't get called out for that. So yeah, yeah, that's so fair. he's he's been able just to do it, you know. Yeah, but you just go to total like his whole job is going to strangers' houses, and apparently this is just how he does it. Yeah, <laughs> I've met crap. very. I've actually never met a person who talked the way this guy did. Just the constancy of it. Uh, Mm-hmm. And it was just like it was all over the Which place. Which also takes it to another level too, right? Because people already feel really uncomfortable and then don't address it in the moment. But even if you wanted to, by the time you start to do it, he's talking about something else now. Literally, right? yes. So he's he's like he's actually protected himself. He's insulated his shitty beliefs even more than they're already insulated by uh, you know white supremacy and the patriarchy. But he's gone a step further and said, "Also, I have a shield of words. You know, you mm-hmm. can't." There would be no space for anybody around. Now, this reminds me, in in high school, we weren't allowed to have water bottles, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I started carrying around a gallon jug of water to drink, and nobody said anything about it because I think I I so egregiously sort of surpassed what was acceptable that people felt like, I don't think I'm qualified – to deal with this. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's the sense it of like must be being what that able guy to, was doing. yeah, it's the sense of being able to like cap a garden hose, which is like the normal experience with people saying weird shit versus like capping a fire hose, which is just like, I don't even know. Didn't even know. Stress level was already, already maxed out. And I'm like, I would just like this to be over as quickly as possible. Just do not engage. Yep, that's how everybody who sees that just, guy feels. Oh it my hits, God. It, yeah. It hits a point where y'all it's yeah. All you can do is flee the scene and, Trying to not get hit by collateral things yep. flying around. Yep. Uh, so oh, that well, that sounds like a, like a time that you had. That was a, a great lot. start. Great How did, start uh, to the day. So this, uh, there's a reason that this will never happen to me, which doesn't have anything to do with like the locks and so on. It's that my primary ADHD mechanism to not lose my keys, period, is to always have them in my pocket, just no matter what. Mm-hmm. Just like mm-hmm. they're always going to be in there. So I don't – I don't think about not locking myself out. Well, here's you know? here's the best part. But I'm wondering, is like, because is that what you do? But then, like, a system fell through because uh, because of like moving and like all this other stuff that was there too. If it's just going out on like the back porch or something, like no, because mm, okay. I'm not used to doors trying to lock me out. Yeah, yeah. But so you're not you're not as you're not as like paranoid about your keys always being in your pocket correct. as I am. Yeah, okay. but importantly, I had ordered a lock to replace this lock with that is a touchpad lock. Mm. Which then, because again, because of the move, swapping these addresses, uh, the order was delayed for about four hours. So instead of coming yesterday, being able to install it last night, did it come today? It's coming this afternoon. <laughs> so I'm just like, and Diana was like, kind cool. of on the fence about like whether or not we even needed one of these. And after today, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm 100 get it. We need one yeah. of those. <laughs> get get in here now. So yeah, that was my yeah. morning. That was the start to my day. Pretty good. Pretty good time. Okay, that was a lot, that was a lot that happened. And that was all in the span of like forty-five minutes. Yep. So, uh, cool. Well, we got <laughs> all right. So we got we got right, on to topic number two. Yeah, let's go of the agenda. Segway. Doctor Evil. <laughs> Doctor Evil went to space. No segue needed. That That's right. what happened. Uh, Jeffrey Bezos flew his rocket into space, uh, made by his company Blue Origin. Uh, as he is now an entrant into the billionaire launching themselves into space race, mm-hmm. which is now ongoing. Um, people couldn't help but comment on the shape of the rocket, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. <laughs> that coupled with the fact that that uh, Jeffrey Bezos has the exact hair and facial hair s- setup of Dr. Evil in that mm-hmm. <laughs> totally, totally bald, bald and totally clean shaven. Uh, uh, plus the various tone deaf comments he made while in space, <laughs> like I'd like to thank all the Amazon workers. You guys paid for this. Yeah, right? he did say oh, that. Oh, hey, well, and, wow. and customers, and customers, and customers. Yeah, yeah, you guys paid for this. Yeah, he really did. Yeah, I read, I read that, and I was like, 
Bezos. Jeffy Bezos. <laughs> Jeff, wow. You could have just not, though. We could have just not. But um, I mean, like, like, you can't be that guy and not also think in that way. And that was probably, that was mm. probably filtered so aggressively in his brain before he said that because he, he, he wanted to turn <laughs> the really horrible stuff, you know, like into something that he thought people thought was good because he doesn't understand what like good is, you know? So like, like, Ooh, I'm showing gratitude. Exactly. Yeah. So like, that was the best he could do. So like, what's going on? You know how you guys have less money now because I have it. And I, and I blasted Thanks. it into space. <laughs> it's wild. Look what I did with it. The money that you now don't have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that was, it was great in the sense that it it invited so many Dr. <laughs> Evil memes mm-hmm. uh, because for those who don't know, Dr. Evil, character from Austin Powers, it's a 20-something-year-old movie by now. Probably doesn't hold up, but I haven't seen Mid-20s. it Mid-20s. Probably doesn't hold up, but there's a scene where Dr. Evil, the evil villain, uh, escapes into space and freezes himself in space. Uh and his his rocket is incredibly phallic. Yes. Uh, and so, of course, so was Jeff Bezos' rocket, and, and that was that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's, it's one of those like what is it's sort of a summation of the moment, though, isn't it? You know, in terms of just kind of where yeah. things have gotten to. Um, we've got we've got people who are so individually wealthy that they're achieving things that entire governments. Have a hard time doing. Most governments don't do it all. With, with the with the summation of all the tax dollars of all their citizens, and well, Jeff Bezos taxes you know the world. Well, most of their citizens, the except world. for the billionaires. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so, so the idea that yeah, we have we now have certain people who are wielding so much wealth and power that they are essentially their own miniature. Government, well, not even miniature government. I guess they just have, yeah, hundreds of thousands of employees and uh, their own bureaucracies and, and vast resources beyond belief. And they're, but you know, the one thing we can do is sort of downplay it and be like, "Wow, he only went to space for fifteen minutes." That's <laughs> not impressed. Classic Bezos. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Is that just a way for us to focus on the part that doesn't even matter, you know? Because now everybody's talking about how his spaceship looked and how he wasn't up there for very long, you know? Which is easier to talk about because it's funny than that I shit. I think it's that because it and feels the like it'll get it implies. It feels like when you're dealing with a person at that level of actual power, when it comes to like what you're talking about, what the fuck just happened, that mm-hmm. using using what end up being only essentially, you know personal jabs feels like the only way to possibly break through to them. Cause clearly he's give a shit about the fact that his workers are peeing in bottles. It's been, mm-hmm. well, that's a thing. It's been well aware for years now, but he obviously cares about himself because he put himself in a rocket to space. He does, but he doesn't care about what people think. But I don't think he needs I, that. I think I he's self-contained. This, mm-hmm. I saw this uh, great meme that was like, uh, it was just a, it just said Amazon workers as soon as Jeffrey Bezos leaves the Earth's atmosphere, and then it was just a picture of a line of like a hundred people waiting to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, that's well. Am- speaking of Amazon, is notorious for for this kind of treatment of their yeah. people. You know, well, speaking of gross uh, employee you know violations, segue said, you know, mm, right. yeah. So we heard some stuff about. Blizzard Entertainment, well, Activision Blizzard, the whole company. Yeah. Uh, we shouldn't get into the specifics because that's horrible. We don't need to get into the specifics yeah. of exactly what they what is being uh, alleged, but there's been a two-year investigation by the government of the state of California into uh, basically uh, sexual misconduct of a large number of people at the company, plus a sort of pervasive drinking and frat-like culture yeah. there. Basically, they described it as, um, as frat-like, which I think is pretty that, much that is the up. summary of all of the things that you would expect. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, the specifics of the allegations are are broad, deep, and pretty hor- pretty horrifying um, in terms of just the kinds of things that, that uh, have been – talked about occurring um, and the fact that that there was a two year long investigation beforehand and that the the state feels as though they have 
the preponderance of the evidence to to win a case like this and bring this case mm-hmm. um, means that there is there is weight to the mm-hmm. to the allegations, right? Uh, the many allegations. Um, it's 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 hard to kind of. I mean, we've talked about this in the past. The idea of like, I mean, even like buying stuff from Amazon, you know, mm-hmm. like that that you are you are you are supporting. Like here here we are like talking about Jeff Bezos and like what happens with Amazon employees and like a package just came to my house today, mm-hmm. right? Like same. Like I sent. He's like, you paid for this. I did. I did pay yeah. for that. I did do that. Um, and and you know, as a as a long time WoW player, mm. you know. I'm sitting here thinking like, what does this mean for me? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, because I think there's a problem here, which is it's that, that, that ethical problem that you always run into where so many companies treat their people so badly that if you, if that was your standard for whether you bought something from them, you would <laughs> run out of things, right? Because every place is terrible and I hate that that's true. And I don't know what to do how to think about mm. this or like what my reaction should be. Um, has there been know, a, like what, has there been a reaction on the, like on the player side as released to Blizzard? I haven't been following it all. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's thousands of people posting and posting pictures of not just unsubscribing from things, but literally fully deleting their battle.net accounts and stuff like that. Um, but you know, like the same thing happened with riot games. Mm-hmm. It, it, like all you know, similar kinds of 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 things uh, came to light, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 hard to sort of uh, disentangle like what is your relationship to this company as a customer, and what's your responsibility when stuff like this mm. comes to light? You know, um, are you are you endorsing what they do by by buying things from them or? Or are you, or does it not, well, then is there no a, connection there? Yeah, know? it ends up being a question to some degree of the responsibility, right? Because essentially when people say stuff like, you know, vote with your wallet, right, about things, um, that's essentially what they're trying to to get at, which is that the, the idea that the responsi- responsibility for uh, for consequences is is actually on the, the customers associated with the business. Um which in a way is is both is both true and, and thoroughly not enough in terms of like as you were talking about with Riot, as you're talking about with Blizzard, whatever else. Um, the, the majority of, of people will don't know that these things even happen. The majority of people who you know are involved with these games or these companies, whatever else. And so it's it's sort of like it's sort of like the recycling problem in some ways, which is like it does feel like you can do you could do your best to be like recycling to be super you know eco efficient and stuff, but there's like huge companies that are like there's huge other entities that really should be more responsible for for the management and the uh the consequences associated with those things. Yeah, well, so it's, it's the right. idea that the the things causing the most directly causing the most consequences are the ones that are not Checked. actually being held accountable, right? And yes. being forced to deal with it. Well, uh, not like that, but if you know, I've been I've been on and off a, a WoW subscriber since 2004. And and many of these allegations go back that far. Oof. Right, and so the idea that like now that this is public, and now that potentially something might actually be done about it in terms of dismantling the leadership, people are probably going to resign. Some people are probably going to get fired. You know, uh, if I if I've been funneling money into this organization for like seventeen years while all this was going on, if I stop now, what is it? Does it even matter at that point? <laughs> right. Am I helping? Am I am I not helping? I don't know. I don't know what it even. I don't means. know. Right. I mean, this yeah, is the case, right. If you stop now, then things get overhauled and improved and whatever. Right. Then you also funded that improvement. Right. I only paid for them <laughs> while they were being terrible, and then I stopped giving them money when they started turning it around. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like that's not good. But also, like this, you know, it's it's my hobby, and I have a lot of friends in that game and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And like. And the, my experience of the game is, you know, fully detached from the experience of a person working inside that company, right? right. Uh, and so if I, if I, for example, said like, well, I'm done with this hobby, I'll just, I hope I can stay in touch with the friends that I've made, but otherwise I'm now going to go find something totally different to do. 
Um, I'm now like doing a, I, I'm now like taking something important away from my, from myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but to what end? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this is the reality you know, of like, it would be like boycotting Amazon. Right. And now you've got to like drive all over the place to buy the stuff you need. And mostly you won't get what you need, which sucks for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think, well, it's uh, really about the question of like, where, where do you put your energy to actually make a difference? I think it's kind of what it comes down to. Right. Because yeah. I think this, this is one of those challenges. And I'm curious for any of our, any of our podcast listeners as far as like, cause this is, it's definitely one of those uh, sort of philosophical and ethical quandary zones where like, I think depending on your approach, you can come up with a bunch of different a bunch of different answers depending on kind of what values you're leaning more so on here. Um, but I think it's I personally don't have like an answer as far as like what well, I don't think should one. Yeah, yeah. Because think about like how many of my tax dollars have gone into the uh, U.S. military. Most of them, right? That's the reality. Uh, the participation, uh, right? Yeah, participation yeah, and, and in the so, economy generally is funding stuff. That is not yeah. good. And so right. in a weird way, like by earning an income, I'm actually enabling people to be killed. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, because I'm paying taxes. Right. I guess one one solution is to become a billionaire. So you don't have to pay taxes anymore. There you go. But yeah, I mean it's yeah, they, I don't know. There's this I mean, this is one of the themes of the show, The Good Place. Right. Mm-hmm. It's that they're like, uh, you know, a thousand years ago, because they have this idea of a point system. For the afterlife, like if you put good into the world, you gain points. And if you put bad into the world, you lose points. Mm. It was like a thousand years ago, like this dude like grew a rose and then gave it to his to his grandma and he got like 50 points. And today he went to like a different guy, went to a flower shop and bought a rose. But it turned out that the rose was grown using pesticides and like it was like exploited labor to (laughs) cultivate it. And the person who sold him the rose was underpaid. And also the owner of the flower shop was like a total douchebag and harasses their employees. Mm. And so he gave them money and then like blah, blah, blah. And so so he got like negative a thousand points. Yeah. So he lost (laughs) points because he brought a rose to his grandma. And so actually, so that like one of the themes in the good place is like, Everybody goes to hell now because, you know, like there's no way everything by existing in the world, you are, you're, you're just adding to the net negatives (laughs) because you participate. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Which is, it's true. Yeah. But there's no other way, you know? Yeah. What Uh, do you do? So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. it. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Why? Know. Why can't we be the ones who just have the answer? You know, like, why? Somebody should. <laughs> we <don't. Somebody> should. <laughs> I like. I like to hear that this all leads up to as if we'd be like, "Here's what we." And do. here's the answer, <laughs> right? Anyways, <laughs> you know, super light stuff. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the Steam comedy deck. podcast. <laughs> Let's talk about video. Yeah. Steam Deck. Yeah, I was curious because Seth was like, I want to talk about this Blizzard thing. And I was like, there's nothing good. There's nothing like. I just want to get that out there that like. I mean. Yeah. You know what? There's nothing good here. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to. It just is bad. And we can all just kind of be in agreement on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So. But the Steam Deck, uh, though, what about but that? But that Steam Deck, let's talk about that Steam oh, Deck. It's pretty cool. So the it's Steam Deck was announced, what, like last weekend? Recently, yeah. 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 Tell us about it, Sam. It's a, it's a handheld it, PC. It's a Switch. It's a Switch. It's a Switch that is better than a Switch. It's uh, a Switch Pro or whatever. Well, actually, I think it's far better than that. Cause like That's the, probably true. Yeah. yeah, the Switch is, I'm going to be honest, uh, not the best. Yeah, imagine a, a Switch, but good. Yeah, right. That's basically sort of like, what. What? Well, that's not, not about good. It's about power. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yes, like good, good yes. at running video games. Right. Yes. Yeah, and like, people I think always, we can all agree that like the Switch can run video games, and that is what right. it's for. But it's not good. At <laughs> we can agree on that. Yes. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. And the video games on it are good games. We're going to talk about that. Also, yep. I don't want anybody coming yeah. here being so like, collectively, wild, shut it. Yeah, collectively, it's a great experience to play games on a Switch. You know? It's dope. Nothing yeah. against the Switch. It's just that it's not that it, it could be. It could be more powerful. It, yeah, yeah. It could, it could be better at its job. So the Steam Deck games. is uh, better at the job as far as running games. Okay, that specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the benefit of it is the fact that you 
you get access to your Steam library, which for most of us at this point runs the Jeep. Um, and being able to just like do the same thing you did on Switch, but then now with a library of games that you probably have, I don't know, you know, decades Hundreds. of yeah, decades of library stuff on it. Because like you don't have to worry. This is the whole point about like the console wars uh, at some point becoming redundant. Is like it's really nice from a consumer standpoint to not have to rebuild your damn library every you know four to seven years or something like that. Lose access to stuff. Um, this also kind of puts a dent in the Steam versus Epic sort of saga, does. doesn't it? Yeah. Unless we're going to get the Epic deck. Also. <laughs> Epic uh-huh. Deck. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or maybe I mean, like the EpiPen. And it's like a small – no, that's a different thing. Yeah. yeah it's uh, probably cost the um, same. Yeah. <laughs> it, costs, it costs $400. Oh, yeah. dang it. Yep. Not to get back on that topic, but yeah. damn, oh, gross. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think that the, so the question then becomes: What does this mean in the context of like you know games in general, the PC market in general? And I think I think to Seth's point about the the interaction between Steam and Epic, it becomes far more interesting because uh, so far they've just been competing on a software level, right? Uh, and I say competing lightly because like Epic's trying to get a toehold sort of in this battle. Um, and so I think it's it's interesting because it, it shifts Valve away from so much more purely being on the software. Side. I know they made VR stuff. I don't need anybody to come in and be like, oh, they made VR. I know. It's just that no one cares about VR in the broader market. So like it doesn't – Yeah, but also like you, know, you still needed a PC. You did. You know, like Valve has made peripherals. They haven't made yes. a, a full-on – Well, they did make that Steam game. Stand- did they make But the- again, like it, it's, it was the Steam – Machine, yeah, they made a thing. They made a thing at some point, but yeah, that was a while. Yeah, ago. but again, it was it was sort of framed as like, yeah, you can play your Steam games on your TV with this, yeah, right, yeah, which you already could do because computers have HDMI ports. So like, this is this <laughs> yeah. is nothing. I, I like they they've done VR, which other people were doing. They've got the Steam controller, which you know it's a cool controller, but also there's lots of controllers. So yeah. they hadn't developed anything that seemed to create a unique competitive advantage for steam as a, as a yes. platform. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you showed somebody the steam deck, you might be able to convince them to get steam. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that wasn't necessarily the case for some of these other peripherals. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's really cool. And I'm, what I'm excited about too, is how this might shape up on the, uh, on the like Microsoft side of things too, because of course you know Microsoft has Game Pass, um, and so they they are they have their store Microsoft Store on PC as well, and they've been trying to buff that thing up you know forever. And Game Pass is part of that strategy there. And so I'm I'm curious about kind of what that the crossover if there's going to be crossover interaction there, or if you know if if, if this is now going to be standard that like everybody who is in the games business also creates handhelds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It would Contact be the right Vita. it would be the right defensive position to take. You know if you're trying Definitely. to. Because I think Switch showed just how big of a market there is for that kind of a thing. Although they do have a huge advantage with Switch in that it's, it is dockable and turns into a console, right? Which I don't think is true of the. I think the deck does have that. Does the deck do that too? Okay. Because in does. that case, like that's the that's the trick, right? Is is you make it yep. so that it's accessible and it's you just plug it in, you just use it, right? Um, which is uh, I think because I think now now with Xbox, right? It's like you got to buy this gillion dollar machine. Mm-hmm. And or I guess PlayStation does have a portable thing supposedly. So I think they that was turned, that's old. Yeah, they turned that off. Right? Old yeah. hat. Yeah. So so uh, so with Xbox they don't have that, right? And then neither, neither does Epic, right? So they got their they got their like the place where you go to get the thing, but it's very it feels very like isolated, ponderous, like, towered. It's, yeah, it's a whole thing. yeah. There's like a lot too. It's not it's not a thing you can just go run out and play. Which is also where that's the space where mobile fits, right? Mobile fits mm-hmm. in that space where it's like. Oh, I'm out and about and I want to play some video games, like pull out my phone and do it. Uh, so yeah, there, I think there's something to be said for this, like being being available on – in the same way that we as a game studio want our games to be available on all form factors, you know? So wherever, wherever you go, there's our games, you know? Um, I think doing that from a platform perspective also makes sense because you, you don't give other companies the opportunity to have the thing because now I feel like people want to play games on, you know, out in the world, they're getting a switch. That's what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, if you start losing that market, because now that's where they buy a bunch of games. Oh, and look, they can plug it right into their TV, and now it's a console. Like, well, if they can do that, why are they going to turn on their Xbox? 
Yep. Right. And then switch opens up and they say, Oh, like every game can come on here. We'll find a way to make it more or less work. Right. And so now everything's there. You can just like re you can just, now that's where all of your games are instead. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think, I think this like moving to subscriptions and then this moving to cross form factor is, is like, that is the move that makes the most sense if you're in direct competition with other enormous companies. It's a, it's a great move. Yep. I think because, yeah. And I think about, the experiences that I've had with a lot of uh, consoles and the fact that, that I'm coming into those consoles from having been a PC gamer for so long. Mm-hmm. And it's always the case that, so that, that if I have a game that I really like on PC and I'm like, ah, I'd love to experience this on console, like on the big screen or on the switch, mm-hmm. you know, portable or whatever, that there is a, a negative side of it, which is I've always got to start over and I've got to rebuy the game and I got to make a new account and I've lost all my progress. Right. So like I started playing rocket league on my switch and I have hundreds of hours in rocket league on steam. So I got a cool car. It's customized just the way I want it. Mm. I've got lots of things unlocked and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I have a, a history of stats and stuff like that, that I can go back and look on from previous seasons. Nope. Boot up the switch. I've got the default starter car, nothing unlocked. (laughs) None of it's there. No stats. Uh, yeah. And so suddenly uh, it's, I mean, this, this is part of the struggle too that we were having as we were working on uh, Levelhead was trying to figure out how to navigate this like cross-platform space with the idea of a universal account that spans everything and make sure that wherever we put it, that that holds true, right? Because we we're like, it would be weird if you, you know, published some levels, uh, like are you working on levels on your, on your desktop and then you go to another platform and you can't get into that same account and you... Right. Or like if, if you, somebody played your levels from one machine and you change machines, then the stats from that don't carry over to this yeah. one, you know? Uh, yeah. And so that kind of, that kind of cross platform data migration is, is great. But of course the thing with the steam deck is it's not cross platform anymore because it's all on steam, but it's just now like, mm-hmm. well, this is actually the interesting thing I think about this, this, uh, you know, walled garden strategy, right. Of saying, because the goal is to keep people where they are. But it also creates a blocker for people coming in. Because if you yeah. already have the thing somewhere else and, you, and your data is not portable, then it like, is a wall. Walls so work in a wall. They work in two ways. That's one of but, the things about walls. Yeah, but, but, like it, but it hinges upon the idea that like you are somehow dominant in a form factor because a form factor is what dictates. Yeah. What, so somebody wants to cover every form factor in some way, right? Typically, right? So like, they might want to sit on their TV and play. So they're going to have something that can plug in their TV and play. Usually it's a console because everything else is too hard, right? They want to play on the go. Are they playing on their phone or they're playing on some sort of a mobile device of some sort made by some company, right? And, and so the more you wall people off, the more opportunity there is for somebody to creep into your form factor from a different one, right? Mm-hmm. So in this case, it's Steam is all like, oh, that portable space, that portable space where like phones are and where switches, right? Like, what if we just kind of move it? Oh, and actually consoles, right? Because if it is the case, like, are you sure it plugs in as a console? Because like, that's a huge, because if that's the case. That's a big feature if they've got I mean, because that's actually the biggest feature because the main reason that, like, because I've actually been entertaining buying an Xbox. But if that's true, that Steam Deck can just plug into my TV. Yes. My the, official dock, the official dock props up your Steam Deck while connecting to external displays, wire networking, USB yeah. peripherals, and power. Right. So it's your deck dock. It's your deck dock. Deck dock. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deck. And so, so now take like, <laughs> take like, play, now take like, take the PlayStation, right? So, so with PlayStation, you know, except they, they have their first party games, of course, that are only there anyway. But for everything else, where they've walled off all of the data, like, mm-hmm. if you've been playing on PC, well, now you're just going to, you're just going to plug they're it in. Play, you're just not going to play it on PlayStation, right? Yeah. Because, because PlayStation walled you off. And so, by by having these companies creep into each other's spaces, like the walls start to backfire, you mm-hmm. know, uh, which is it's interesting to watch. It's very interesting to watch. So I so I like this move. Um, as, long as, play, about, yeah, as long as I can play, yeah, as long as I can play, right? Sure, yeah, it. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's not even about uh, like me wanting Steam to win or anything, right? Because like they're oh, huge. Shit. Yeah, that is right. But it's uh, it's this <laughs> this chaos of these big companies. Trying to, you know, trying to, to bypass each other and like find ways into each other's revenue streams and stuff is really fun and interesting to watch. And it's actually useful to us as like the little guys on the periphery 
to have these things happen and have these battles happen because those are the things that shake up the industry and what kinds of opportunities become available to people trying to, you know, make and sell games for a living. Isn't this the little finger guy from Game of Thrones where he's like, chaos is a ladder? That's sort of <laughs> yes. the situation. We just gotta if make sure we don't get the like, quote, stabbed. Then that's, yeah, by that's children. Really no, be careful to, I can't remember how he does, but it's not good. It's not that way. Or no, he was guy. just—he was just straight up. I think executed. he was just executed. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, just, sure. yeah pub, pub, it was well, first public humiliation, then execution. Mm, yeah. you know? I believe he was deheaded. Mm. Why do I think we the say, term is unheaded? Why do we say <laughs> because beheaded <laughs> sounds like a head has been placed upon you? You know what I mean? That's like, <laughs> Bees is very head. Uh, yeah, it exactly. Should be de- it should be deheaded. It should be yeah, deheaded. That's true. Deheaded or unheaded? Maybe it's because they're actually talking about the basket that your head goes in. Mm, you know I mean? like right, they're beheading the basket. Now yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> no. I've got a, I've got a beef, you guys. What's your beef? I've got, a, I've got a beef. I mean, we're now, that we're now, that, now that we're now that we're in this, I gotta say it. <laughs> Any word that that starts with re, like recycle, repudiate, rebuke, refactor, whatever implies a second go around, okay? Mm-hmm. So it should be common practice to use the base form of those words as well, right? So can you pudiate? And if so, mm-hmm. what does it mean? <laughs> what can you for, buke? Uh, what about for rent? Uh, that was different because re <laughs> is not the prefix of the base word. That's just part of the How core word. How do you know? How do you know That's, which ones are prefixes and which maybe ones are part of the core Maybe it's word. just rent. Re-ent. Re-ent. <laughs> I I I ented, and now I'm gonna re-ent. Yeah, because rent is something you have to pay. You have to, you have to pay it all the time. That's like its whole thing, right? So you gotta re. You gotta keep doing it. So, so if you're re-enting, is your landlord unting every month? No, you no every month you ent. But relatively, you, speaking, no, I guess you, no. The first, the, the yeah, first you month you ent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you pay for something once, you unt, you unted it. And then once you keep paying to keep getting access to that thing, then you, you've re Yep. I think we can all agree. Agreed. Right? So you heard it here. same thing, like if you repudiate something, that's where you've like contested it, right? Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, <laughs> Is that right? Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> repudiate. Mm, right. Yeah. It's close enough. It's something like that. Yeah, but now, now that you said it, I'm like, I actually don't know what the exact meaning of that is. Like, if, well, I, if I heard it in context, I'd be like, yeah, I, I get what, the, what you're going for there. But you, can, that, uh, you could, like, repudiate right, it's to re, It's or, to, re, to deny the truth or validity of something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but it has re in front of it, which implies that it's something that's happening again. You know what I mean? So it's like, pudiate must be something. I think it's more of, like, in response. Pudiating would be, like, like doing the initial you know, reporting that could be repudiated as not true, right? It's like sending the pudiation back yeah, at the original, exactly. at the pudiator. Mm-hmm. Somebody coming in, they're pudiating at me. I'm yeah. going to repudiate that shit right back. 100%. I guess because you have action You're coming into my place of business and you're going to pudiate? <laughs> I don't think so. Get out of here. You're not Get out of here. You're not going to be inting anything in this place ever again. No reason. Seth's English language corner, which is a, a new segment on the podcast. <laughs> it's a very strange shaped corner. It's got a lot of. It's actually uh, a disturbing, recurring edges. segment. A recurring segment, except for the first time. Well, this when time it was we just, just occurring segment. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I guess recur uh, recur is actually it's short for reoccur. Yeah, occur. Reoccurring would be the full form of the yeah, word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, uh, just to make sure we get. Yeah, Every it's a, it, yeah. Sometimes things get abbreviated, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, let's get on to uh, maybe like a question. Ready? Ready, ready? All right. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. Highest up for the question comes from Ribdot, who says, "Hey, bros, I just re-listened to episode two ninety two, the first episode of twenty twenty one. Oh, now that it's about mm. halfway through the year, I was wondering if we could get an update on everyone's dunking goals." Mm. Okay. So fortunately, this person has listed out what our goals were. Okay, good. Because I have no idea what those were. Because none of us remember. Mm-hmm. Okay. How are you bros doing so far with your New Year's dunks? Sam wanted to do a character design challenge every month 
and Ooh. blow people away with Crashlands 2. All right, we should start one at a time and just, just go and good on the ladder right. one of those. Uh, Dunk Watch. <laughs> yeah, Dunk Watch is doing really good on the ladder piece, but of course, I'm not, we haven't shown anything to everyone. So, you yeah, won't be able the to The few people that. who have seen it have. They've, they've been, been they liked it. Nice. Been very popular. Uh, they liked it. Haven't done the first one, which is pretty well, much even I forgot. Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, doing some character design challenge stuff. There's a monthly oh, right. contest for that, yeah. So I have, I always have that on my list of things. There are some form of it. There's Clip Studio challenges as well that I've started. Um, never finish them because then I'm like, well, I got to go work on this cool Crashlands thing. So I do that instead. So yep. that's always been my struggle. Which in a way, you know, is a character design challenge. It's a very – Because you are designing characters. A lot, yeah. yeah. In, in so. a very accurate way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think you're I think I think you're nailing it. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh all right. So uh mine was to hit two hundred pounds, do three game jams, and be a gladiator in WoW. Ooh. Okay. Did not hit gladiator yet. The the season ended. I did Gosh. pretty well. How far uh, off were but you? But not I didn't quite do as well as I did last season. Dang. As a gladiator, so, that but, must be a good thing. It's a 2,400 rating using a rating that's kind of similar to like the chess ELO system, right? Mm-hmm. Where like 1,500 is kind of like the starting point. Uh, What's the best one? Uh, 3,000. Okay. Once you hit 3,000, you stop gaining rating. So they had a bunch of weird stuff this past season where the rating was behaving bizarrely and was several hundred points suppressed compared to last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some interesting things happened. Also, the game totally died at the end because it went so long without content updates that uh, sometimes we would play matches and we would fight the same team five or six times in a row, <laughs> even though the game will only do that as an absolute last resort if there's no other people playing. Whoa. So there were some times where we were playing during peak hours and it was my 3v3 team and one other 3v3 team. And those were the only six people Weird in our bracket. So s- some stuff happened, but I feel pretty good. I feel like we still got pretty okay. far. We we got near twenty one hundred. What about know? the two hundred pounds? Uh, I've real so I've been working on it, but I have to up my game because I I underestimated how challenging this goal would be. Now that I'm mostly vegetarian, okay. Mm. Because if you are lifting weights and eating a lot of meat, uh. That you could you can get that protein like pretty easily, uh, but the amount of food that you have to eat more food to get that protein as a vegetarian, you know, just overall, uh, and so it's just harder to yeah. eat that much food. The eating is the hardest part of actually yeah. doing that. So I have been I have been I've actually been kind of laughing because I've weighed myself at the gym for the past six weeks, and every time I've weighed, I've been within point two pounds. Of where I started, <laughs> like, like it, my weight has been so stable that it's actually starting to become concerning. Like it shouldn't be that stable, you know what I mean? Is it like it's supposed to go up and down a bit? But you, it might be a body composition thing, because of course, yeah, you're just converting one kind of body type. Yeah, to you another, might. So like, yeah, it might but be a why while is before it you, so? It takes so flat yeah, conservation so flat. of mass, you know. Yeah, I am a true neutral force you're in just the universe a, you're right a Newtonian, now. <laughs> you're a Newtonian person. That's just uh, what it is. Yeah. And three game jams, done two so far. Boom, boom. So pretty good. Pretty good. I'm on pace. Uh, all right. And Adam wants to spend more time sharing knowledge via dev chats, streaming, et cetera. Mm. I did a bunch of – Both of I did. I did 19 dev chats before I was got busy doing other things and stopped, which was probably a couple months ago now. But I did – 19 weeks in a row of those, which is pretty good. That's great. That's like four, five months, whatever. Uh, so I did that, and then I did uh, a bunch of streams, put some up on YouTube, did that kind of stuff. So there were there were a lot. I did take a, a long hiatus for the past, I want to say, two months, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of want to get back into it again. But now this will be coming from a new angle, which is uh, running a running a company as – the person pur- yeah. pur- purportedly in charge, you know. Uh, so it's like biz chats instead of dev chats. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that, which, I mean, which I think is kind of interesting too, because one of the things that we noticed when we first started doing more research into management and stuff like that is that 
is that because business is all about people, right? Like it's all about figuring out how to uh, like get people onboarded, get them trained, keep them satisfied with their work, make sure they know what's going on, a lot of communication management, um, and, and also just like framing of like building structures for people mm-hmm. so that they understand what's going on, right? But it's all people, people, people. And because of that, I think we found that so many business resources actually neglect talking about that aspect of business because it's about people. And, and any experiences that experienced business uh, owners or, or CEOs or whatever have are going to be experiences that they had with a person, like with a specific person or a specific group of people. And talking publicly about those experiences very is very tough mm-hmm. to figure mm-hmm. out how to navigate. And so most most places just – most people just don't. Like the stuff they talk about is is uh, they they – don't, they, they don't disclose all the things that would be truly helpful about their experiences with working with people. Well, this is particularly right. true of a small company, right? Because in a big company, like – Yeah, if you're working with like a thousand people, people, it could be anyone. Yeah, it could, could be anyone, anyone. yeah. So, so you, you can uh, you can ride that line a lot more easily. And, and as a small – I think that's – for me, the big thing has always been that the stuff that's out there is for – at the smallest, companies of like 30-plus people, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but mo- but mostly it's actually even bigger than that, and so so things are very abstract in that context, right? Uh, they're both abstract and bureaucratic sim- simultaneously, right? Because it's trying to apply in a general way, but it's at a, at a at a level where there's a lot of institutional structure that's been developed over time, right? And so when people are talking about like agile man- agile team management, right? And it's like, oh, here, here's how you do this. You take your scrum master and then you have your team of developers and you have like – and they start listing all the people involved, right? Like, what, if my, what if I'm people. the person? <laughs> yeah. What if I'm the one person? You know? <laughs> how do I manage that? How do I scrum myself? You know, what does that even mean? And, and does, is, that a, <laughs> is that a useful thing to do, right? Uh, and then in the case of like uh, – of now deciding to have me behave as the CEO, Right. How fucking weird is that, right? So I'm I'm a I'm a co-founder of this company. I've been I've been working for it and on it for eight, seven or eight years or whatever, right? Yep. And uh, and we've been making decisions sort of collectively and and whatever, but I've mostly been focused on the on the work, right? And the work specifically of building certain things. And uh, and then we just decided, you know, like, oh, okay, I'm I'm going to be the CEO now, right? So the fuck does that look like? Like, what does Not that as a what title, does that mean as a for? Job. It's a, yeah, a it, yeah, yeah, not as a title, but as an actual, or I guess it is a title, but one that actually accurately describes a role, right? Which we yeah. previously were not using those titles mm-hmm. for. But that process of going from uh, a, a founder of a company and converting it into like a business in like the business, businessy sense, you know, like there's, there's the, there's the C-suite of people doing stuff that makes sense for a business to do, right? And there's like, there's the board of directors and then there's, the shareholders and all these and all these parts and like underneath this is all these different like siloed pseudo siloed uh, departments right each with their own hierarchy and so on and and we've never had that because never felt like it made sense because there were so, there's so few of us right uh, but it actually does you know now probably we think makes sense but it's, it can't look like what it looks like in other places right and so like for me the realization that that there's actually a lot of lessons to be learned in those places. But the way that we have to do it is, is to do really weird stuff. Like, like when the three of us have a meeting at the, at the outset, say, are we acting as employees and colleagues here? Or are we acting as the board of directors here? Or are we acting as the shareholders here? Right. And then in each of those cases, my role in particular is then weird because, because the CEO answers to all those in different ways. Right. Uh, as well. So then the question, not only what are the three of us doing, but then within that, what am I doing? Am I a CEO right in the moment or am I just one of the shareholders, mm-hmm. right? And, and realizing it's that if we thought about things in that way, so that we're not always bringing every role into every discussion, uh, that we can actually streamline and make things easier to do, right? But that's a lot of very uh, conscious very nuanced, weird shit, documentation. Frankly. It's very weird, right? Yeah. Like how – 
I've never read anybody anywhere talk about this, right? Like ever. So it, yeah. So it may come out in a biz chat or something like yeah, that. I don't know. Um, so that's yeah. it's hard to find stuff like that. Uh, so if it does happen, then you know, hopefully everybody finds it interesting. And yeah, maybe at the, at the least. useful at least. Yep. Uh, all right, well, that's that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, we kind of got into it this week. Things happened. A lot happened. Yeah, we broke episode. some seals, folks. Mm-hmm. We did. That's, how, that's, <laughs> that's the thing is that's always how it begins. And I think it would be fair to say we did some splash damage mm-hmm. with that uh, with mm-hmm. that broken seal. A lot, of, a lot of shards flew off. A lot of blood with that, with that dry noodle. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for putting this episode together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net. We have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.